Yes, coming in hot with episode 53 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean, and I'm joined by a man who's absolutely buzzing for the Super League. Jobber, how are you, mate? Sorry, mate, I just had to pull my cigarette out. Um, yeah, look, I'm not happy about it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we'll get into that, but um, we have a little surprise for everyone. Since there's some big Spurs news coming, um, we've got uh, our new pod member, Sam, is joining us. How are you, Sam? Yeah, good. Thanks, Sean. Really, uh, really glad to be here. You know, it's a really exciting time for me moving up in the world. Finally got into that podcast realm, so it's uh, yeah, just great to get my foot in the door. Oh, welcome, mate. And Sam, you're joining us from Burkina Faso, is that right? <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I've found a phone line and uh, I'm, I'm hardlined in and I'm uh, raring to go. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome, Sam. A um, bit of what gives you gives your team, who, who do you support? Uh, I'm a big Spurs man. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, it's hot until I die, all that good stuff. <laughs> and uh, big, big Mourinho fan, as you're about to hear. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't jump off on the headlines, mate. Oh, yeah, you can tell us in the movie. All right, so um, flavor of the pod. We've got some big weekly happenings. Obviously, the Super League and Jose is out the door. We've got the EPL review, FA Cup review, and then um, we've got a couple of EPL games to preview. But um, Job is going to hear us with an opening question. Let's go. No, look, I've changed my course because my blood is still boiling from what happened overnight. So there's no question this week. But let's, let's talk. Let's talk European Super League. And the first question I have to get off my chest is: How did Spurs and Arsenal get in? <laughs> you can add Manchester United to that list, can't you? Like, how do you go from not being into the Champions League to being all of a sudden in an exclusive club in the top top fifteen <laughs> clubs in the world? It's stuck in there, for sure. No, Barney, talk me through it. How do Spurs? How do Spurs get a nomination? Like, I know Levy's a thrifty little bastard, but surely not even he can pull this. Well, I mean, if anyone can do it, it's it's definitely Daniel, um, for sure. But I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest. I'm very much in favour of Tottenham joining this league. Uh, I'd, I'd like to go against the grain. Um, you know, anywhere that Tottenham can't get relegated from is good for me. Uh, and with current form, I think we really need to secure our spot in the league. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, when we're really going to move away from those dangerous teams like Newcastle and Brighton uh, and just get pumped by the best teams in the league. Every week, so really looking you forward actually, to that. You might actually do all right because um, Spurs being Spurs, they normally slip up against your Burnleys, against your Newcastles, against your Brighton. So you might actually do all right in this uh, Super League. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? I mean, anything could happen these days. Well, Job, hit us with hit us, hit us with a couple of stats. What, how's this right. rolling? How's this going to work? So this is a new European Super League. So I've got sixteen teams, I believe, joining from the start. So from England, we have Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Chelsea. Arsenal and Tottenham, Spain. You got Barca. You got Barca, Real, Atletico. So that's a real, that's a real niche group. From Italy, it's Juve, Inter, and AC. And France and Germany, we haven't got anyone yet. Um, so PSG and Bayern Munich, last season's Champions League finalists, uh, haven't been invited or have been invited and declined. Yeah, I think they declined, and um, PSG declined as well. I think. Yeah. yeah, so money can't buy everything. So then there's three spots left to be filled among the founding clubs. Don't you love that elitist term? <laughs> the founding, club. yeah, the founding clubs. With five more slots open up next year, depending on the results from the previous season, which will hopefully be decided um, in a way that is elitist and puts others to the side. Well, one one thing I've got to ask is why. So you have the fifteen clubs, and they can't be relegated or can't be can't exit the competition. But then you've got these five other sort of floating spots where teams can come in and out. So what happens in a scenario where Arsenal, Spurs, and then United finish bottom of this, all in the bottom three, and the five you know invited clubs um, finish above them? But because they're a founding member, the three teams above them get relegated out of the league, and those three teams stay in there. Chaos. I don't know. I think it's the same way you get into Harvard, isn't it? Just a bribe. It's a shit ton of money to someone important. I've got a bit, I've got a, uh, a few quotes from opposite sides of the pain here if you'd like to hear them. Hit me. Uh, so one from Florentino Perez, uh, newly re-elected president of Real Madrid till 2025. So up Perez. Uh, he said that, if the players participating in the European Super League are banned from playing in the 2022 World Cup in Qatar, we'll create our own World Cup tournament. Oh, no. So there, there was a rumor going around that uh, UEFA and FIFA will ban them from the Champions League. They'll ban them from 
international tournaments, any of these players who are participating in this European Super League. Um, this is Florentino Perez really coming out chest first and getting on the front foot. And then there was another one on the opposite side of the panel where I don't know if you saw much of Gary Neville, uh, very passionately spoke of how mm. shit this idea was basically. Um, and he kept using this term bottle merchant and I just couldn't wrap <laughs> my head around it and I, I could not understand what he was saying. And I've just looked it up online before the pod here and I'll just read out the uh, definition for you if you'd like. I don't know if this is uh, safe for work, so turn off if you're sensitive here. But uh, male prostitute specializing anal copulation usually as the receiver. So very strong words from Gary Neville. Sam, did you so think- listen- Sam, did you just think it's my first, it's my first pod? I'll just ease myself in. <laughs> So I'm listening to the Gary Neville podcast at work. I've got it running. And then he, I did the same thing, Sam, where I was like, bottle matcher? What does he mean by that? He's just like someone who keeps bottling it or yeah. messing it up? Very so I've strong. Googled it at my work computer and I've gone, oh, I should probably close that down pretty quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, your history and uh, leave the job. <laughs> no. So, well, let, let, let's go around. So, Sam, like, give us your honest opinion. Are you like – are you what side are you landing on? You generally are thinking this is a good thing for Spurs and, and for the competition, or are you sort of in the Gary Neville space? Let's whip around, and see what everyone thinks. No, no, I think I'm I'm very much on the side of Gary Neville here. Uh, if I'm being honest about it, I think you know he raised a, like a lot of good points, and it's it's just a very sort of in my eyes very capitalist sort of take on it all. It's like we want more, 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 and I guess it's sort of like when is enough sort of thing. When it where is where is the end? It's just we need more, we need more, we need more. Um, and, yeah, just the powerful, getting more powerful. But, um, yeah, I think I was reading a little bit before about why Tottenham are sort of stuck in this position they're in. They Even if they want to leave now, they sort of can't because they're in so much debt and it's been exacerbated by the uh, the pandemic that they have sort of need to join this league to get the money. And, yeah, without it, they could possibly go into administration. That's not from a genuine source. That's just from some... Uh, subreddit drama but yeah that's it you know, it speaks a lot of truth so what are you thinking yeah no dead against it absolutely dead against it i think there it's there's an americanization and like a capitalist streak to this that i just don't like at all um i, I it just reeks of the greedy clubs being greedy like barcelona and real madrid already have like an absolute domination of the tv money in spain so that's why that competition is just so like it's it's not very entertaining comparatively to the premier league I can understand their position where they want the, you know, the additional money because, like, you look at the Premier League mid-table clubs, they can pay a lot of money now comparatively to their peers in sort of Spain or Italy. But, look, if this goes ahead, I'm genuinely going to just change my stripes and I'm going to start supporting the Bundesliga. Um, I'm yeah. absolutely dead against it. What about you? I, I, I agree. I, I'm on both your, your guys' side where I think, yeah, it's not a good thing for football more broadly. Um, obviously, a bad thing for the Premier League, and I, I support a team that, that sort of left out of that. But I, I'd like to think that, um, you know, Leicester or some other sort of, you know, large, smaller clubs, for one better word, would choose to do it like that. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be very good for football more broadly. I think even like, let's take Manchester United, for example, if they move to that league and they don't do very well in that this new Super League, um, they're essentially going to be like picked on or picked off by these bigger clubs in the Super League. So obviously the the bigger teams will get bigger inside the Super League as well. So say if you are down the bottom of that league, like what's going to happen to Manchester United is what's happening to say, you know, uh, a Leicester or Southampton or uh, any other sort of or an Everton where if any of your players do any well, one of the bigger clubs in your Super League is just going to go and take the players off you um, and you can't compete anyway. So... Yeah, I think it's like man, like these this so-called big six out of England. Um, they need Burnley to be Burnley, um, so you know Spurs can be Spurs. If that makes sense, like you need those other clubs around you to to have the stature. Like if you give if you're playing in a competition where everyone's got the same stature and um, you're all founding clubs and no one can get relegated, it's like well, what are you actually playing for? Where's the like where's the games that are on the knife edge? Because so what if you get battered every year, every um, game that year? Nothing happens to you. You just you're still the franchise team. You still roll around next year. So yeah, I'm dead against it. So is, is, I, anyone, is anyone happy anymore? Like just with the way things are? Like as in what people just don't like? So everything always has to be better, doesn't it? Like just in football, they're like, oh yeah, it's not enough for us to make 
so much money, we got to make more money. Like, you know, Joel Glazer, he is a multi-billionaire, but that's just not enough for him. He's got to bleed Manchester United dry as well. And then the rest of Europe, if he has time. Uh, it just it just honestly makes me sick. But that's, yeah. that, that's, I mean, that's, I find, large part of the problem is just that, like, where where is the end? If, like, it, yeah, you're right, exactly right, Josh. It's like, it's more, 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 and where it, where is the actual end point? But I, I sort of think as well with these, because obviously a big part of it is there'll be blockbuster games every week and, yeah, that's great, but doesn't that sort of lose the you know the air around it being a blockbuster game if it's every week Manchester United playing another European One, superpower? It just, yeah, 100%. It, 100% yeah. I, I totally agree with that because, like, you look how special. You know the feeling you get when there's a, um, a big summer tournament on, when the World Cup's on, when the Euros are on? You know that feeling you get, like, holy shit, look at all these games that – coming up like if that if that ran you know all the time um every year for every week um like it wouldn't have the same cachet wouldn't have the same feel like that wouldn't give you those butterflies that you do get when there's a massive tourney on exactly. yeah i remember the derby last year sean <laughs> that we were at and we were sitting in the nandos after the game bloody exhausted from the game i just i honestly couldn't stand up um all right but look let's get back into the football so uh stick the super lever up your ass for a little bit so let's go straight into it so we start with Everton two tottenham two so this result was enough for jose Mourinho to lose his job apparently along with his comments around the super league barney as a tottenham fan what did you make of this and the best creative players on the pitch were the everton defenders yeah i really could not agree with you more there uh i think they're Best sort of yeah, best best centre back pairing Tottenham's ever seen is Michael Keane and uh, Mason Holgate. They were unreal in assisting Harry Kane. But um, I did I did like to see Ordwell back in the starting lineup. Uh, it's good to see him there. I'm, I'm not quite sure why he's not getting a, a gig. I I've heard some rumours that Mourinho wasn't too happy with him. Um, but I really like him as a player. I think he offers a lot for that Spurs side, and not just for his defensive sort of prowess, but also his he. Knocks a really nice ball, like a long switch diagonal, which I think really can open up a game, which is great. Um, but yeah, the first Spurs goal, I mean, far out. That was uh, that couldn't have been made any easier for Kane, apart from his golden touch and finish, where Kane skims the header and then Holgate goes to readjust and just completes completely eats the grass. Um, but yeah, that's his twentieth goal for the season, uh, and the fifth time he's done it in a season. So he's only one more off Shearer's record of six. But both his goals were like absolutely deadly finishes. Like he, they're sort of chances that like there's no build up to them. They just sort of fall to him, and he he just snatches at it straight away. Yeah. And just yeah, all his finishes were you know absolutely leather into the corner and just gave the the keeper no chance. Yeah, he looked bloody deadly. Um, Barney, what did you think of um, Spurs going to a back three? Because they haven't really done that much in in the Premier League, at least have they? They went with. Um, Toby, Roden, and Dyer as a back three. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I was quite, I was uh, quite intrigued when I saw Mourinho actually lining up with a different formation or trying something a bit different. Um, yeah, he's not, he's not, he's not the most inventive of managers, and he's, he's pretty pragmatic and safe. So going to a back three was interesting. Um, but I mean, for me, while you've still got Aurier on the field, you're always at risk <laughs> of conceding a goal. Uh, he is dead set the worst fullback in the Premier League. My oh, God. Wow. I, I would have much rather keep Walker Peters, even though he's not as exciting. At least he's consistent and you know what you're getting out of him. With Aurier, it can be so hot and cold. My God. And I don't get why Mourinho, he's he's such a pragmatic and safe manager, but he always persists playing Aurier. And he's Aurier's like the most random player ever. He, he, he can't pass a ball out of defense. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting worked up here. It's just... Very he's passionately, got, got, don't want to see Aurier. He's got attributes, but Sam, that you, if you're a manager, I think you'd put him on the pie and you'd be like, oh, he's so fast, he's so strong. Like, you really yeah. want to make it work for him? Yeah, but I feel like you could get some of that excitement out of Matt Doherty, but get a bit more defensive stability. I don't know. Matt Doherty to me just seems like a more settled player. Um, you know, it just, it just, it's weird for like Mourinho to persist with someone like that, I find. And what did you boys make of the performance of Richarlison? Richarlison should he have taken the game away from Spurs? He had like two or three good chances. Oh, more than good chances, like they're not even half chances. They, yeah, they're chances he should take. Like given his quality, and even his performances so far this season, you expect him to take it. But yeah, um, I think when he's doing well, Everton normally do well, and when like when he scores, that they normally go on and win. So 
yeah, um, he's had a good start to the season, but I think he's really died off for this second half of the season. Yeah, I know. I know you've talked about uh, Sterling a few times on the pod before, Sean, about how you um you don't think he's got. He just needs to improve his finishing and to be a world class player. I agree, I agree with you 100 on that. And I think Richarlison's in the same boat. Not that he's as good a player as Sterling is, but if he could improve his finishing, far out, he'd be one of the best attackers in the Premier League. He's very, very good. Gets in some great positions. He's pressures up for up front. He moves well, but he just lacks that finishing edge. So how many goals has he got this year? Like, don't don't Google this. Just tell me how many you think um, he's scored this year and and then how many you would want from a player like him. Go. How much? I think he's got eight in the Premier League. I was, I was also going to say eight, but because Barney said eight, I'm going to go ten. Yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got six goals in the front. He's an awkward bastard to play against, I reckon. Because like, he does have all those skills and he seems to be strong, fast. He gets in like uncomfortable positions as well. But yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit of a weird one. Oh, I think you need you need sort of fifteen goals out of him um, a season for him to be performing at the level you want. I think. Yeah, playing right, in a boys. front, playing in a front two like that, I think as well. He definitely needs to be scoring more. All right, we've got we've got to hit the nail on the head and then go to Newcastle. But look, last one is: Did Jose deserve the push? The old Spanish archer, well, Barney. They've- They've got a cup game brewing. What is it in seven days? A week's time? Yeah. It's in a week. It's in a a cup final? A week away, yeah. Oh, and so how do you get fired going to that? So like, I'm not across the whole story, but I imagine it's got something to do with the more so the Super League than his like, performances more recently. Yeah, that, that, they are the, the murmurs going around that he may have been very against the, uh, the Super League move. And I could see that Ed Levy just going that. Nah, See you later out the door, um, but yeah, he's uh, we've now equal with Brighton on the with twenty <laughs> points, uh, the most uh, points lost from a winning position this season. So, I mean, if that doesn't get you a sack, the ESL will. So, boys, tell me something, right? So, I reckon there's two there's two schools of thought here, right? You can either be doing well and talk shit about the Super League, or doing poorly, so you don't say anything about the Super League. But you can't be doing poorly and talking shit about the Super League. <laughs> like it's, it's, a fairly, it's, a fairly, yeah, it's a fairly straightforward matrix. The one in the like the bottom there gets you sacked because they've yeah. been they've like I've spoken the last couple of weeks. I think they've been absolutely shit some of these games, like terrible. Um, so but, I think the writing was on the wall. Oh, see, I'm not so sure. I I, I play devil's advocate here, where I think obviously they've got the cup. Um, but, you know, they could win some um, silverware and if you're a Spurs fan, that's what you've been crying out for for all this time and Jose's finally here to deliver that and he's got a genuine shot in a one-off game against City to be able to do that. Then you go to the table. They are seventh, but they're only five points off a Champions League spot um, with six games to go, which yeah. like, is incredible. So they could genuinely finish the year fourth and with a League Cup in their cabinet and you – then if you just say, well, how was that as a season for a Spurs fan? I'm like, that's that's one of their best seasons ever, really. Yeah. <laughs> I I, uh, I think they might have got rid of him as, now as well because if we did go in and like, there's a good chance that we could, you know, pluck away with a win and, and win a, win the cup, you know, Jose's good for that. But, like, I think if they he won the cup, then it would be much harder to sack him as well. And there might have been a clause in his contract where he got a big bonus for winning a cup because um, it was the rumours going around that if – he didn't make European uh, competition, then the um, the sacking fee was down from $30 million down to a much smaller fee. So it seems weird that they would sack him now even when we're still in contention for Europe because obviously that clause is still in effect. So it must yeah. have been something else. And I think they're just going with their um, their coaching staff to take over the, the job. So it's not as it's not, it could have been one of those things where you're like, oh, we'll just leave Jose to do these last six games and have the cup and – not disable the players and see how see how things play out, um, and then in that time go and look for a new manager. But it looks like they've sacked him and they don't have a solution, and now they're fine trying to find a solution. Whereas I feel as though you could have had the best of both worlds. You could have you know mentally sacked him and be looking for a new manager to come in and let him have a crack at this last little piece of the season as well. So it seems an odd move. 
Yeah, look, let's 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 wrap up the Spurs chat. There are two words to finish this: Tim Sherwood. But the story, the story of the weekend, God, no. the story Harry. of the weekend, <laughs> Harry's knees are good. Um, the story of the weekend has to be Newcastle three, West Ham two. Potentially the best bit of refereeing you will see this season for Craig Dawson to get sent off. But Barney, I'll throw it open to you. What did you make of this? It was the same Maximin show in the first half. Yeah, he's a. Uh... Extremely exciting player to watch. Uh, I think it, half of it comes down to how his body moves when he runs. He's very unorthodox in the way he runs, and he's very side to side. His body moves a lot for him not going that far, but it's uh, it's very interesting to watch. But I was more I was more impressed with uh, Issa Diop, who was basically involved in every single goal except <laughs> the last one where where four and against yeah 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 he said the last one i couldn't believe it I, he just kept popping up it was unbelievable just working both sides of the fence maybe he's looking for a move up north who knows <laughs> all right so sean what did you think so um the first one there you're happy with the red card because craig dawson absolutely folded joel linton on halfway didn't he well he got two yellows in the end so yeah that like obviously um worth a sending off um, and an unusual decision to make, given that his second yellow was there, yeah, that foul um, on halfway. I mean, it's still a long way to go um, before they score. Like, it's not as if it's like he's through one on one, you need to pull him down, or you're going to concede. So, yeah, really unusual decision making because as soon as he went in, he was always going to get sent off for that. So, yeah, yeah um, a couple of yellows for him, and, and that, was, that was him done. But I am. Really impressed with Newcastle. Jeez, I mean, things were looking hairy two weeks ago, and then now you sit at, you look at them. They're in fifteenth, two wins on the spin. Um, Saint Maximus flying. Um, you got Wilson coming back, and Barusi is just absolutely purring. And Joel Linton's banging him away from a, less than a yard. I thought like... he was going to air swing that too. <laughs> fire. <laughs> but, but no, look, it was it was great to see Newcastle, and I, I genuinely think Alan Saint Maximus just adds so much to that team because they are fairly um, fairly pragmatic at the best of times. But he chucks St. Maximin in the mix and he just makes people shit themselves. I could hear Mark Noble's teeth chattering as St. Maximin was banging, burning down on the goal for that first one. Like He did not stand a chance. But, um, of course, if West Ham are playing, you're going to get a Jay Lynn's goal, aren't you, Bonnie? Yeah, definitely. He, uh, he absolutely smashed that pen home. I was very impressed with that uh that uh, that hit he hits inside of the post and uh, straight into the side netting. Um, you don't see many that that wide, but yeah, it was a um, a great finish. But what did you think of Mark Noble's performance? I, I didn't watch the full game; I watched the extended highlights. But he did seem very off the pace, and they really look like they're missing uh, Declan Rice in the middle there. Yeah, well, they're definitely missing Rice. I think most teams in the Premier League would. Um, Noble, he sort of he had that spot in front of Declan Rice. Like if you went back sort of eighteen months, and then Declan Rice sort of moved him out, um, and he hasn't been selected a lot really. So yeah, no surprise that he's coming in, but he's done at the end of the season. I think he's retiring, isn't he? So yeah, into um, next year, definitely. I think it is, isn't it? Into yeah. next year, into next year. Yeah, uh, I think it might be this year. I'm not sure. I think it's this year, mate. Yeah, yeah. I think he's a, I think he's a good bloke to have around. Um, He'll go straight onto his coaching staff. Yeah, um, yeah, he's yeah. he's West Ham through and through. But um, I thought so, I, I thought he struggled. Like he genuinely struggled with the pace of it. But I suppose it's hard to make an assessment there because they were down to 10 men as well for a long time. Yeah. Um, what, what did you think of uh, Fabianski in goal as well? I think the second oh, one, definitely geez. an absolute how, obviously. Big drop on a corner with Joel Linton finishing a screamer. But uh, the the first goal, I mean, I'd, I'd blame D up for that. He, was, he miscontrolled it and didn't give um, Fabianski a chance. But the third one, I, I thought he could have done better. It's a powerful header, but yeah, I'd like you'd like to think your keeper can tip that over the bar. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not really impressed with with his performance because he doesn't normally start, does he? I think he just come in for this. No, game. I think I think no, he's, he's their good. starting keeper. Yeah, he's usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was an odd an odd dip in form for him. But did you see the massive shove from uh, Wilson in on Ogbonna for that last goal? Yeah, but you got to let the boys play. Barney, <laughs> like, yeah, but where, where where is VAR in that situation? I don't. I, I know you boys love the less, about VAR. The less they're involved, the better. They're fucking dogs. Diego Jota's left pinky finger. Um, no, uh, everyone involves a bottle merchant. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Newcastle with the, with that with that win up to fifteenth, jump above Brighton on thirty five points. Uh, the Hammers really a bit of a hammer blow to their European ambitions. They stay fourth, but Chelsea have got a game in hand and are flying. Liverpool if they win in the morning could also go above West Ham. So um, I think Newcastle stay up and West Ham... What are, what are we thinking? Yeah. Is Newcastle safe? They're, for me, they're safe. Barney? Yeah, I think they're safe. Just one more thing on Newcastle. I, I didn't grow up with Steve watching Steve Bruce. I know he's a bit of a Man United legend, but how well, many times... How many times has that man been punched in the nose? <laughs> oh, my do, God. Do yourself a favour and go and look at the Premier League records for how many headers he scored. And I think it's 1992. I think he banged away 20 goals that year with that lid. So, he played centre-back too. Yeah, yeah show, some, show some respect. Of course he did. He's, he's got the flattest face in the league. Uh, <laughs> oh, all right, on, I'm going to have this. All right, I think Newcastle is safe too, but let's move on to the next one. Don't want to spend much time on this. Wolves won, Sheffield United nil. Do you have any pearls of wisdom for me on this one, Sean? Oh, not really, other than to say um, Sheffield United are now mathematically down. That is it. They will be relegated. So, yeah, obviously it was inevitable the way things were going. So, yeah, I think a good showing in the Premier League probably the last couple of seasons. But, yeah, this year they've been well off the pace. And, um, yeah, I think everyone's comfortable in seeing them go down and we'll see if they can uh, bounce back. So, yeah, but... I mean, Wolves two in a row now, um, a late winner last week against Fulham um, and then another 1-0 victory this week. So they're finally turning um, some results. But I think for me, Wolves, disappointing season. At the moment, they're 12th and you would like to think that they would have um, be shooting for something a little bit higher than that. Yeah. Barney, you got anything to add there? The only thing that I thought was interesting was that Dharma Traore actually running at a player and getting a cross in. Um, I feel like for a man of that pace and that size, he just doesn't do that simple shit nearly enough. Yeah, it was. Uh, I watched a bit of that game. Very boring, but uh, <laughs> there, you know, I, I agree with you on Dama Traore. He's dropped off a lot from where he was last year. He was basically beating Man City one-handed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's it's weird because you think a guy of that strength, and he seems to use his strength more than his pace. Mm-hmm. He seems to really like dominate like in a heading contest or like hold people off the ball well, but. Yeah, it doesn't use his pace to his advantage as much, which is probably his best asset. But, yeah, he couldn't finish it anyway, even if he got in front of goals. He slices them all the time. But, yeah, nothing else to add for me. Did enough. But um, so Wolves, yeah, 12th. Sheffield United mathematically down. But I think that was already known for basically since the start of the season. So let's move on to Arsenal 1, Fulham 1. Roy Keane felt quite strongly about this game, Sean. Do you feel strongly? Well, I think... Not as strong as Roy, but who is as strong as Roy? But, yeah, it was obviously a poor quality game. I think if you're Arsenal and the team that they played, they should be able to roll Fulham um, and get it done. But, I mean, they were a bit lackluster, especially at home. And if you're Scott Parker and Fulham, you're just thinking, man, what an absolute coach killer. 97th minute, you're 1-0 up. Um Newcastle won a little bit earlier in the day and you just you know you need this um, result and you concede in the 97th minute, which really hurts. But even worse was that they conceded in the 91st minute the week before to drop, what's that, four points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a tough, tough run for Fulham and I think with that result in Newcastle, um, that will see Fulham go down. But, I mean, let's talk about all these um, all these offsides and the circus that um, ensued. Go on, Barney. You can, you can, I'm, I've only got one major gripe with Scott Parker and that is why is Mitrovic on the bench for the whole game against Arsenal? That seems like a situation that's made for the big Serb. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I've only seen bits and pieces of uh, Josh Madger, but he seems like he's been doing pretty well since that winter transfer. Um, seems pretty plucky up front and obviously got a lot of movement. He'd be a bit more mobile than Mitrovic, which I think Scott Parker's all about. Um, I mean, the best-dressed manager in the league would know what he's doing, so we've got to, we've got to believe in Scotty. But, yeah, heartbreaking for Fulham. They're almost the anti-Fergie time where they only concede in the uh, in injury time, <laughs> yeah, yeah. which is... Yeah, they're like conceding a late goal. But yeah, um, I, I agree with you there. I think Newcastle stay up, Fulham go down. That's probably the bottom bottom three set now. I can't see... Even West Brom on a bit of a surge they are. I still think they're uh, it's too too little too late for them. But yeah, the off, offside on that first Arsenal goal, oh. I, I, that was... <laughs> 
I mean, there's been a few recently with like Firmino, I think it was for Liverpool, and there was a another one last week which was just absolute millimeters. Where it's just got it's just gone crazy. It's gone absolutely crazy. That's a total. What, what, we, that is a- what do we think? Of, what do we think about the penalty that um, Fulham won? Like a little bit soft, a little dink over the top, and then he, he sucked him right in there, didn't he? Like you can see, yeah. him, like, honestly, you can see him getting ready to go down before he's anywhere near, and he's like, "I've got him here." <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> can... oh, I think I think it was a pen, but it was just, oh, it's so soft. It's, it's a, mo- so it's a modern day pen. Yeah, yeah modern day pen. Where it, sure. it is a pen. It is a pen because if he goes to VAR, he's he's con- he's given contact, so it, they can't overturn it. But yeah, it's it, you hate to see it, but you also love to see it. And um, what what game was Arteta watching? So his comments after the game were, we thoroughly dominated the game and we should have won and we were deserved winners. What, what game is he watching? <laughs> deserved winners? It was one all. Yeah, but he said they deserve to win and they thoroughly <laughs> dominated the game. I thought they showed it. I thought, like, I think this was one of those games where I think they were slightly better against a pretty poor Fulham team. But, like, that... They've got that front three outside of Lacazette. So behind him, Saka, Smith-Rowe, Martinelli. What's the average age of that? Like 19? Like they're going to have weeks like this. I think I think Arteta needs to settle down, but I think so does Roy Keane. Like they weren't great. It wasn't a great game, but um, I think they were probably good for a point with Matt Ryan flick on to sort of get him back into it. Oh, yuck. What do you think? What are your thoughts on that uh, that Arsenal front three, that young front three of uh Emil Smith-Rowe, Martinelli, and um, Saka. I think they've got a pretty bright future, as much as it pains me to say. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think, they'll, be, I think they'll be dominant for Man City for years to come. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, Manchester City Academy. <laughs> well, it depends how long they're allowed to grow. Like at Arsenal, at some point, um, are they going to need to turn this like potential into results? Um, and I think that'll be the big test where it's at the moment, they, as Job has said, they can sort of get away with playing well one week and then, you know, not really turning up um, the the next week, or having a week off, or you know, sort of missing um, some key chances, and it just gets written off to oh, their potential. They'll come good. Just let them time to grow. But how long does that go on until you say, "Oh, well, okay, we actually need um, you know, fifteen goals a year out of each of you guys um, to get get us to where we want to go." Yeah, no, I think I think they're going to need some time to build, but there's a lot of promise there. So, look, let's move on. So, the fixture of the weekend, uh, Manchester United 3, Burnley 1. Sean, how quickly can Ollie get a signature from Edison Cavani? Yeah, well, you've got to be working hard if you're Manchester United to, to sign him on. But I think my sources, and you know I've got some sources, yeah. tell me that um, he's going back um, to South America a bit homesick. I don't think his family um, is with him, actually, which obviously make you homesick and make things even worse. So, yeah, as hard as they're going to try, um, I think he might move on. But, yeah, he's obviously been um, a good signing. I think when he first signed, I think a few people sort of pointed at the um, Sanchez and the Saga <laughs> signings. All right, you know, mate. Falcao. Like, oh, yeah, Falcao. And just like, oh, he's... Yeah, yeah. Like, you always want to settle down a little bit. So look, let's let's focus on what actually happened in the game. So um, so the Cavani was excellent, but the um, the first goal, courtesy of Mason Greenwood, uh, absolutely fantastic from Marcus Rashford. He just burns past the player, and then Bruno Fernandez with the shoulder drop. Like they're still looking for him. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a clever move by um, Fernandez, and and a good finish. But I want to talk about the um, the chance just before that where Marcus whipped the ball across the front stick, and I think Greenwood was like a yard out and tried to blast it and just went over top of it. Yeah. So you get just in that little um, snapshot there, you saw the the best of Greenwood, and you saw how raw he is all all at once. That was exactly what I was thinking just then. He's raw, like you can just see all these attributes adding up. But um, yeah, he's got, he's got a way to go. But he's in a good environment. Like he's going to keep getting chances. Bruno Fernandez sniffing around, isn't he? You put him on the plane, Barney. Uh, I, th- I think you. I think nah, nah. I go back on that. I backflip <laughs> completely. But from what I've heard, he's uh, from other United players. They reckon he's the best finisher at the club, and that doesn't always translate into a game. But I mean, it's pretty high praise for a guy who's still eighteen. I think he is still. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. But look, um, so the Burnley got leveled through James Tarkovsky. He really bitched Harry Maguire on that corner, didn't he? 
Oh, I've got that down here too. I've got Tarkovsky Bulls Harry. That's all in my notes. Did they have to do the camera on Maguire's face after? It looked like a kid had just been bullied. Oh, my lunch money. (laughs) Oh, James. Give it back. Why does he always look like the world's wronged him when he gets easily beaten like that from from just a – just a not not that much better player. He always like, oh, the world's <laughs> against him. Life's so tough. Uh, anyway, so look, it was an impressive header from Tarkovsky, and he really enjoyed it. But uh, Mason Greenwood wasn't done yet, was he? What a strike. Some people say it deflected. I think he just dipped. <laughs> That's a heavy deflection. But I think what I like is that he's still brave enough to sort of cut inside and shoot that. Like you see the type of players who were inside the box at that point queuing up for, for their chance, and, and he's like, oh, no, I'll duck inside and shoot this. So I think yeah that that shows some like how confident he is and and why you, why you wouldn't shoot that if you can um, finish it but yeah I mean a lucky deflection but still had to take the shot and um it did rather well and then Cavani I think he just put on like he just finished off his little masterclass with a a masterclass in work rate so the first run comes in he gets ignored doesn't switch off and then Donny just slashes it across and he taps home like he's just such a one percenter but he he picked up the ball at halfway Cavani. And then gets on the end of it. It's just those little things that if, like, if you're a striker watching it, he's the man you should be watching. Like, he just doesn't stop. Yeah, I thought Donny was good. I mean, you come on in the 84th minute and really ran those last six minutes out. So, yeah, I thought Donny was good. Oh, what a waste of bloody time. You, you've bloody taken a good player, mate, and stitched him up. That's not the first time. Sanchez, Falcao. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I, want to talk about, I want to talk about Henderson. Was at any point, was he going to take that? What? It's a flat, hard cross to the top of the 18 yard <laughs> box, and he's going, Yeah, I can get to that. Like, it's, you've got some loop on it, and it's close to your six yard box. Yeah, by all means, come for it. Flat, hard cross to the top of the box. Stand your line, Endo. Come on, man. Chris Wood's sniffing around, <laughs> standing about six foot four on top of the box. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't drill Henderson. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, look, that's a great result for Manchester United. So three second-half goals, similar to the way they disposed of Spurs last week. Um, They they, uh, just chucked that one in there. So they stay second. Ten points. I repeat, ten points. Mind the gap, Leicester City fans. Um, So I think they've pretty much wrapped up second and an automatic qualification for the Champions League. Not that that means anything anymore. Um, Burnley... Six points in front of Fulham with a game in hand. Do you think they're safe or do they still need to be worrying? Does Daishi have to be on his toes here? Oh, I don't know if he has to be on his toes. I just think that they sort of probably just need to plot along and pick up a point here and there. Um, and I think they'll be safe because, I mean, obviously the points, the the gap is six points and Fulham don't win games. So that that's probably the main thing. But, yeah, I think if Burnley just sort of putt along, pick up a, the odd draw or something, the gap will be too big and Fulham will go down. Barn, Burnley safe for you? Yeah, I think so. I think Sean knows what he's doing to uh, to keep him up. He'll keep him up and then he'll will be 10, 10 games into next season. He'll be arguing with the owners about not getting enough signings and the cycle repeats itself. <laughs> Why aren't Burnley in the Super League? Um, yeah, all, right, exactly. so, all right, so let's move on to the FA Cup review. So Chelsea won, Manchester City nil. No one gave Chelsea a chance except for one savvy pundit. Sean, I'll pass to you here. Well, it wasn't me, so yeah, I'm not sure why. Not. <laughs> um, no, well, this this did shock me. I think if you look at the form that um, City are in, um, I don't see why that they wouldn't have gone on to, to win this game. But, yeah, a bit of a shock for me, this one. I, I definitely had um, Man City going through. But Chelsea, a really good performance. Clean sheet. Um, and, yeah, they're into the final. Yeah, Barney, so what did you make to... What did you make of this one? And Kevin De Bruyne going down. Like, Pep rolls in the changes. I think it's eight changes in total, but he keeps De Bruyne on and he goes down. Yeah, not uh, not good for City. Uh, I mean, everyone knows how much of a pivotal player he is. And coming into the cup final this week, I mean, the quadruple's off, so they've they've absolutely bottled it this year. <laughs> City have. What are you saying, bottle merchant? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some would say that. But, uh, yeah, I think I think, yeah. It's unfortunate for City, but Spurs will beat him on Sunday, so it doesn't really matter. Do you think Ooh. Zach Steffen could have done better for the goal? Uh, Bit of no man's land there, isn't it? Yeah, he's a, he's a young keeper, though. He's got, he's got to make these mistakes in big semifinals to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So did did he come in um, just because they were rotating, or um, is Edison injured? No, I think he's. I think he's the cup keeper. Is he? Yes, Pep's named him as the keeper for the final on Sunday. Oh, so he wants to lose that as well. Interesting. Well, he, wants to, he, wants to, he wants to give us a chance. So I, yeah. fair play. Well, he wants to get Harry's confidence up before he's moving the summer. But um, I suppose it was good to see the. Um, Good to see Zayic in the goals. Like he's had a, a similar situation to Donny van der Beek where it hasn't quite happened for him in his first year. Probably not as as big as Donny, but um, he'll be a good signing for them. But I don't think it'll sort of come to fruition until next year, will it? I think at least they've given Zayic a chance. Donny, they don't even seem to give him a chance. They just seem to like play him on the bench and bring him on it in the 80th minute when they're 3-1 up and the game's gone. I don't, I don't know. I feel like Hakim's actually, you know, had some chances to start a game and influence it and, and, you know, put his mark on the game a bit more. Yeah, reinforcing the Chelsea at 12 points by Manchester United League. But look, let's move on to Leicester City 1, Southampton 0. Sean, I'll pass over to you for this one. What did you make of the Foxes? Pretty straightforward. Yeah, well, I thought they were going to win. Um, I must admit, I did think there was going to be more goals in this game um, than 1-0. So, yeah, Ian Acho, his form continues. Oh, he's flying. Um, he? he's, he's absolutely flying. Um, and he, he took two bites of the cherry for this one. The, the ball come in from Vardy, a nice little cutback after burning. Uh, I think it was Kyle Walker-Peters down that um, right-hand side of Southampton. Cut it back, Ian Acho. Little volley, bounce back to him, and then yeah, he just blasted home from a couple of yards out. So now it's good to see Inacho um, continue his reign of form. Vardy, although he didn't score, um, I think this is one of his better performances more recently. He's obviously been off the boil and, and hasn't been in the goals, but I think he did rather well in sort of like setting this up. And he looked busy and looked like back to his old self. You know, he's always like, um, he's really high on the press and, and really energetic. Like you could see those aspects of his game coming back. So yeah, that, that was nice. Leicester almost um, full strength. Um, Madison come off the bench. So I think, yeah, once we can get Madison back in the team um, and Perez will probably come out for him, um, to be honest. Yeah, I think Leicester looked pretty good and it was nice to, to keep a clean sheet. And, yeah, the next thing you know, they're into the final. But um, was it 2,000 fans um, for each team here at this one? And apparently there's going to be 21,000 for the final. That's big, isn't it? That's big. So what did you think, Barney? One shot on target. Were you happy with this game? I was I was a little bit underwhelmed by the whole thing for a semi-final. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have been too happy if I'd been one of the 2,000 people who uh, who had attended. It looked like it was a pretty boring game. One shot on target. You don't care, though. You're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know, you want to come back to a good game at least. But I, I'd just like to remind both of you about uh, – how much you wailed on poor Ian Archo <laughs> until he starts scoring goals. <laughs> no. and, oh, he's, the, he's the golden boy. I've never heard two people wail on a, one poor striker as much as you two did. And now he's now he's the golden god. Yeah, so look, mate, in response to that, don't tell me shit I've said. I know. I said it. I don't want to hear it again. Um, but look, I think Manchester City might have been eliminated based on the fact they couldn't muster up 21,000 fans for the final. Oh, um, <laughs> there it is. Low blow from your ESL counterpart. <laughs> So we got the final in this one. So Chelsea and Leicester City. I think the big talking point leading up to this one will be who will wear blue. Um, But give me a quick tip for the final, boys. Who you got, Barney? I'm going to go with Leicester. I think uh, I think Brendy can get the boys across the line. Sean, who you got? Uh, Oh, Leicester four nil. They'll walk it in. Bloody walking in. All right, so I'm going to go with Chelsea because I think Tuchel is a genius, as I've said on previous episodes. So let's move on to the preview for tomorrow. So Leeds United versus Liverpool. Who do you like, Barney? Um, I might go with Leeds in this one, I think. I uh, I think they did extremely well against City in being under the cosh for, you know, a full half for 10 men and then just plucked one out of, the, out of thin air. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna back Leeds in. What about you, Shauna? Uh, I think you got to go to Liverpool. I think that they'll um, they'll get the better leads. I think last week would have taken a lot out of leads, um, playing with ten men um, for yeah that amount of time and having pretty much no ball um, would take it out of them. And I think yeah Dallas will be suspended, so yeah I'm going Liverpool. Yep. All right, so we've got Liverpool leads. We're split now. We've actually got a decider here, so I'm actually going to go with Liverpool to batter them 
and not just beat them. I think they're going to absolutely really? smush them. Yep. Just what feel like say that? Just the, the pressure's, before, yeah. Yeah, pressure's off Liverpool a little bit. Champions League's out. They can sort of start enjoying their football again. Um, they're slowly getting some players back in from injury, and I just think they're going to do an absolute job on Leeds. Um, so we're going 2-1 with Liverpool. So let's move on. Chelsea, Brighton. Who do you like in this one, Sean? Brighton. Ah, uh, Chelsea. You can't go past oh. them at this form at the moment. Yeah, they're flying. Yeah, do you reckon they'll win by a few? Yeah, I, I agree. Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea easily. Yeah, it could be four. Yeah. I think they'll absolutely hammer them. Who do you reckon starts up top for Chelsea? I think they bring Werner in. I think he starts again. Yeah. I think whoever it is is going to absolutely fill their boots. I'm going with Chelsea as well. So we've got the big one here, the Kyle Walker-Peters derby. So Tottenham versus Southampton, Thursday morning at 3 a.m. Eastern time. Barney, who do you like in this one? And who's going to be in charge at Tottenham? Uh, Ledley King. Oh, you're joking. Yeah, is he? No, I think he might. He, he could possibly be. He's in the coaching staff. I and, saw him I mean, they're not, in Melbourne they're not gonna, Oh, was he in promotion for, yeah. for Spurs? Yeah, yeah. He's he used to be he used to be like a spokes spokesperson for Spurs, and now he's moved into the coaching staff. I think it's had an integration of like club legends into coaching ro- like staff to sort of bring up the squad harmony. But I think I uh, I think he'll he might be coaching, and Tottenham to win three uh, two. Sean, before I throw to you, I just want to give you a bit of a warning here. So I know a former Tottenham coach who had to retire due to a knee injury. Ledley King has notoriously bad knees. Are we going to see a second Tottenham manager stood down because of a knee injury? Or can, can, Ledley, can Ledley get the boys up on Thursday and get over the line? I think um, Ledley might bring his um, fellow uh, knee surgeon friend in and they could do a little tag team duo and uh, and bring back the glory days. They might even sign Defoe. Oh. No, like who knows what um the moving on of um Jose is going to do to Spurs. I think I'm going to you know sit on the fence and predict the draw here because I'm just really not sure. I think like some people and some players at Spurs might really enjoy it. Dali Ali springs to mind where you think <laughs> well, he's probably buzzing that um Jose moved on to to get a chance. Whereas you know someone like Kane where um Jose sort of put so much stock in and really let him do what he what he wants, um, yeah, might not be too happy that Jose's leaving. So, yeah, I, I just think it's really hard to predict what's good, what sort of Spurs is going to turn up and, and what team gets picked. So, yeah, I'm just going to sit on the fence today. A draw, what do you think? Yeah, so apparently Ryan Mason and Chris Powell are taking the helm, not Ledley King. So I imagine because of that knee injury, I imagine he's probably not, you know, up to the rigors of jumping in now the dugout, but um, I think Spurs well, are going to be going to start the game. One of the two. <laughs> he's on a limited training schedule. He's a centre back. I think I think Tottenham are going to win this game. I think they'll get that new manager bounce. I think Deli Ali is going to start. I think you'll see him playing with a bit of freedom because I think whoever comes in is just going to be like go and enjoy yourself because it's been a tough time. Um, so I think Tottenham will do the job here. So the last one, so we've got Thursday and Friday this week. So last two fixtures to go, Aston Villa, Man City. Who do you like in this one? Barney. Yeah, look, I um, I think Man City will roll, roll them. I think they'll bounce back from a loss on the weekend. And, you know, like, like we talk about Liverpool, always come back well from a loss. I think Man City come back even better from a loss. Um, and they'll they'll beat them easily, I think. Aston Villa are a bit up and down, um, so yeah, I'm, I reckon Man City three one. Sean, I think that well, I generally do fear for teams that come up against Man City after um, they've got points, oh, like and even more so when they've lost, they normally come out and, and batter the other team. Villa still without um, Jack, so yeah, I think for them to be able to beat a team like City, sort of more things. Um, need to go their way than against. So, yeah, I just can't see them um, going at City here at all. And therefore, I think City will do a number on them. I think you're sort of looking at a three or four goals here for City. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think City are going to do an absolute job on here again. No Jack Grealish, um, I think, really hurts the villains. I think Trezeguet might be able to steal one, but um, I've been enjoying him and Ollie Watkins lately, but Villa just don't have the consistency to live with me mm. here. So I think five one for you then. Five one, maybe five two, um, but yeah, no hope for him. All right, so that leaves last fixture of the week, 
on Friday morning, Leicester City versus West Brom. This would have been a relegation battle a number of years ago, Sean. But who do you? <laughs> oh, not anymore. <laughs> Both teams have got big tickets to fight for. Um, unfortunately for West Brom, that's survival. But for Leicester, it's top four. Um, well, they're in a good run of form. West Brom, um, their best run of form all season. Um, but I just feel as though Leicester getting a couple of players back. Hopefully, Madison is fit enough to start. A um, bit of confidence coming off that um, FA Cup win as well for Leicester. Um, and I think with West Ham slipping up, this is a really, really good chance for Leicester um, to get some space between um, themselves and West Ham and stay in that top four. All right, so, all that, All that is noise. What I really want to know is will Jamie Vardy finally score because he hasn't scored since Christmas. We've gone past Easter. Our next holiday is Anzac Day. When's it going to happen? Uh, it'll happen this weekend. He'll score a penalty. Against West Brom? Yep. All right, Friday morning, lock it in. What do you think, Barney? Well, what I want what I want to happen is West Brom to smoke him 5-0. Oh, I, no, not because I dislike Leicester, just because I'd love to see – Big Sam's try and go on for another week. But what I think will happen will be Leicester will be too strong for them. I think Vardy will be back on the Red Bulls and he'll be absolutely purring. Jobber? Yeah, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, boys. I'm going with West Bromwich Albion. I think we're going to see a big Sam masterclass. And I don't think that Fafana – I think Fafana's too cultured to deal with what he's about to come into. They're going, to, <laughs> okay. they're going to be long balls and they're going to be high and he's not ready to roll his sleeves up like Johnny Evans is. So You just I, want to see, you just want to see um, Big Sam drink a pint of wine. And get <laughs> Smack a pie down or something as well. I just don't think Leicester, Leicester aren't ready for this type of beautiful football that West Brom are going to throw at them. You, you've got to lay with it on the weekend. You've got to roll your sleeves up here. All right. So, look, um, we actually have some correspondence. Before I forget, I didn't put this in the running order because um, – um, I've been super busy. So one of our uh, listeners has sent in that haven't identified themselves, so it could be a robot, but um, they sent in a quote from Sir Bobby Robson. So Barney, this might be a little bit before your time. Sean, you might remember him as a hero of Newcastle. Um, so they wrote, what is a club in any case? Not the buildings or the directors or the people who are paid to represent it. It's not the television contracts, get-out clauses, marketing department or executive boxes. It's the noise, the passion, the feeling of belonging, the pride in your city. It's a small boy clamouring up stadium steps for the very first time gripping his father's hand, gawping at that hallowed stretch of turf beneath him and, without being able to do a thing about it, falling in love. So that is about, I think it's about Newcastle. I think it's in response to the Super League. So I haven't got a name on that one, but um, a very passionate defender of football. Can you pass that over and I'll file that? Thanks, mate. All right, so if you want to get in touch with the show, paper at gmail.com, uh, Facebook, football played on paper. Instagram is at football played on paper and Twitter at football on pods. Any more closing thoughts, boys? Um, I just want to get your score on uh, Barney's first pod job. What do you th- What do you think out of ten? Uh, we'll talk about it after for between the directors. <laughs> it's going to be a Super League type conversation, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. No, it might, no. might be a breakaway pod. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Barney. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out. <laughs> yeah, you sounded nervous, mate. But yeah, hold on. Thanks, boys. Thanks, <laughs> boys.